Welcome to OK Sis Podcast. Hi, sisters. I'm Maddie. And I'm Scout. And we are sisters IRL. I'm the older one. Yes, Scout. We know. Here at OK Sis, we believe women are multifaceted. Which is why you can expect sisterly banter on a wide range of topics, such as pop culture, our entrepreneurial journeys, and mental health routines. We promise it'll be informative. And silly. As long as you don't get too loud, Mads. Welcome to the sisterhood. Hello and welcome back to OK Sis. My name is Mads and happy Valentine's Day. Happy Galentine's Day, sisters. You know, we should rebrand Valentine's Day to just be called Love Day because I feel as if there's so much love to give. Sure. Whether or not you're in a relationship and I think a whole day just loving one another, sending love on Instagram, commenting on strangers' posts, telling them they look great, that they're doing great, spreading love. That's actually such a good idea. Today, this is your homework. OK Sis homework. Uh, Please report back. As you're taking your little uh, little mental health walk, comment on someone, compliment someone. Say, I like your shoes. Mm. I like your tennies. I like your hair. Say something, okay? And just compliment them. It always makes my day when someone does that. And you know what? Bigger challenge, which, hi, by the way, I'm Scout, uh, the other co-host and older sister of Mads. Also, I think let's take it a step further. Compliment someone in real life. Buy someone Starbucks. Buy the person behind you Starbucks. Ooh, yes. Go to the drive-thru. I love that shit. Go to the drive-thru. Buy the person behind you. But also, when you see a woman walking down the street, you know, we're not catcalling her, but you know, she's got a nice dress on. Why don't you just say, hey, you look really beautiful today. You know? You look hot as fuck. You look hot as fuck. Yes. Say that if you are a woman to a woman. Maybe not, you know, any other sort of, you know, because we don't need anything. We don't need people being uncomfortable. Do you love me? You know what? If you have to ask that question (laughs) and you need me to say it one more time, I I don't know what else I can do here. Happy Valentine's Day, Scout. I love you. Aw, I love you too. And I am so grateful that you are my sister and that we were randomly assigned this is like a robotic randomly assigned to be together in this lifetime i know like how the (laughs) fuck did that happen it's so crazy because okay obviously how did we get to be together like okay this is like my brain's gonna explode thinking too much about this but like how did this happen well it's such a interesting thing family versus chosen friends because sure There's something to be said, obviously, when you have chosen family that you have to have around for the rest of your life and that you want to have around for the rest of your life. We are very fortunate that we like each other. But I think obviously, you know, maybe if we were paired as random people. Yeah, I wouldn't talk to you. Probably. uh, Yeah, I don't I don't think I would talk to you probably. So (laughs) the fact that we were sisters has forced us. But this is such a good this is such a good learning example that the person that maybe you don't think you sync up with, you might sync up with in many ways. You might if you were blood related in another lifetime. This is some good food for thought. Yeah, good food for thought. Okay, let's get into this episode because (laughs) sisters, we had motherfucking Kelty Knight on the pod. She is podcast royalty, celebrity interviewer goddess. She is fantastic. Also Mm -hmm. just fucking hilarious. I feel like she's one of the sisters. Like she's one of us, you know? Yeah. At the end, she says, if you like this podcast, you'll like Lady Gang. And I feel as if... Oh, 100%. I feel as if the sisterhood listens to Lady Gang. They listen to... Like it is... It is... 
aligned to to the T. Audience alignment, 100%. We're on the same page. She's a delight. We talk a lot about Valentine's Day because it is Valentine's Day today. And so it's a little bit of a theme around there. But then we get into, you know, like celebrities, what it's actually like to be at the Met Gala. She spills a little bit of tea there. And then obviously we ended up talking about Bill Hader as we do on every fucking podcast. Yeah, and we got some good news about him. So you'll have to listen towards the end for that one. And I'm going to go email his publicist again because it's been, I think we're at that six month mark where I check in, see how he's doing, see if he needs a coffee. I should ask him for his Venmo. I can send him a latte. Ask him if he has kids. Ask him if he has a family. Ask him what he's doing for Valentine's Day. What if I'm like, happy Valentine's Day. (laughs) I'd like to send you a coffee. Also, is Bill Hader available for (laughs) his uh, PR guy's a guy, but I'd be like, do you want to come to my Valentine's Day this weekend? You know, just start inviting him, you know, like. You know, like Passover, you know, open seat, open seat for Bill Hader's publicist. Oh my God. Bill Hader is the new Elijah. We, we have no, Bill Hader is ever. Elijah. Okay. He is Elijah. Because he never shows up. Because he never he shows never up. <laughs> oh, good wow. Times. Okay. Anyways, Kelty is on the podcast today and you guys, sisters are going to love her if you don't already know her, which I'm sure all of you do. It was amazing to have some banter with her, get into some relationship advice. We go all over the place as per usual. So you know what? You enjoy sisters and happy love day. We love you. Okay. I think this is going to be great guys. Oh, it's going to be supreme. If the sloth falls, there it is. You look beautiful. That's a story. You guys, it's on one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, two uh, Tupperwares, seven hardback books, and a sloth has gotten me here today. I'm excited to be here. All right. The podcasting queen is ready. Hello, Miss Kelty Knight. How are you? Well, in therapy yesterday, I had a little cry. Um, we love that. Because... You know, I love a cry because I am definitely in a season of my life where I'm a caregiver to so many people. And it's something that we don't really talk about. We we talk about our relationships and our friendships and like, but when you have to be a caretaker for so many people in your life that you love, it is exhausting. And my therapist made me like put my hand on my heart and thank myself and like take time like that I'm just doing good work and like all these things. So, but I mean, I'm great. Lady Gang, we just wrote our second book. We just handed it in. Thank fucking God. I mean, it's so difficult. I mean, I can't, but anyway, we handed it in and they didn't hate it. So it's coming out in the fall (laughs) and we're doing, we're doing a tour. So we're in that like hustling stage of like trying to find someone to help us pay for the tour because we need a, I need a bus. I need a bunk. Yes. Yes. I need like a great outfit. So I'm like hustling so hard right now. We can be groupies. We will dedicate our time, money, energy, and just like stand outside the bus and scream as it comes by, you know, and just, ah! Yeah. Ah, yes. Yeah. And then on top of that, I, I just actually, st- and by the time this comes out, it'll probably be announced, but I have a, a new show coming out for TV that I created and sold and I'm hosting. So we're in pre-production for that. So it's like nightmarish. It's just a lot. It's a lot of things right now, but I'm in Canada. My favorite chocolate bars are in Canada. So things are looking up. I ate it. I ate a dilly bar from Dairy Queen and a mint arrow bar yesterday, like two desserts. How are you guys? So I uh, bought a thing of dates because I am trying to get off processed sugar and I bought it a day and a half ago and it's gone. And so that that backfired on me. Dude, dates fuck up my stomach. I can't eat more than one. Well, I ate about 15. Oh, no, not 15. Hold on. Seven. No, don't okay, count the calories. 
No, it's not the calories. I was just recently in Jordan over the holidays. I went on a big trip to see the Dead Sea and Petra with my husband and my guide Adnan let me know about the dates and like they're so big into dates over there. Like I've always been into them, but like not in this way. And the dates are huge and they're so delicious. But he told me that it's bad luck to eat an even number of dates. So when you reach in that bag, you can have one, three, five, seven, like you can't 15 is good. 15. I mean, I don't, he didn't even mention 15. (laughs) I can't imagine what your poop is like after that, but the poop looks like the date. Yeah. It's no, it's not, it's just air. It's just water coming out at that point. I also love a date. And I, after I got home, my, my guide Adnan, I think had a crush on me. I mean, who doesn't (laughs) obviously look at me. I'm amazing. And I wrote him, I got some dates from my own grocery store and I sent him a picture of like three dates in my hand. I was like thinking of you on WhatsApp and he goes, those dates look like golden something in your royal hand. And I was like, I fucking miss you, Adnan, because no one loved me more than that guy. I was like, Chris, you see this? He'd be like, you look so beautiful. Your eyes, amazing. And he would like, he made me try like the coal eyeliner that they make in, oh in that God. area of the world that like comes from a little jar. And Chris, like, I hate black eyeliner. So I was like, oh, I don't know. Adnan wants me to. He's like, oh my God, so beautiful, so beautiful. I was like, no one has ever told me. I've been married to you for 10 years, Chris Knight. And you have not told me you love me or thought I was as beautiful as Adnan has in four days. I know the exact character you're talking about because me and Mads have gone to Israel like multiple times throughout our childhood. And they, the Middle Eastern men know how to fucking compliment a woman for sure. Hands down. They're poets. They are chivalrous poets. You got four wives. You got to get good at this. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Okay. Now that we're talking about love, (laughs) the great transition. Can I tell you a super funny four wife story? Specifically a four four wife wife story. How many? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I go, I'm over there and Adnan's so funny. And I'm like, this is a sitcom. Well, you guys get it now. And I was like, well, what do you do? Like, what do you do if you have a wife and then a girlfriend? He was like, this is very old school. Like most people just have one wife. First of all, I just want to like yeah. say that, like, just not to, not to like overview and be like, everyone has four wives. It's a very old school way of thinking people do, but usually it's like in order and they divorce first. But anyway, so I was like, well, what do you do if you have a wife and then the girlfriend? And he looks at me and he's like, oh, well, I would never bring my girlfriend to my house. And he was like, dead serious. Anyway, it is. It's not a good story, but I was like, he's like dead serious. He's like, let me tell you the technical ways I make oh, he's this like, work. Let me, let me, yeah. Let me tell you how you do it. You no, no, you, you don't bring your girlfriend to your house. I'm like, I, I mean, obviously, but like, he was like, thought I was serious that I was going to have them all to anyway, love your life. I have none. Honestly, like I feel as if I am so, I don't know if demanding is the right word, but I'm a Virgo. And so I sent my husband this meme and it said dating a Virgo is like having an erection and a migraine at the same time. And he confirmed that that's pretty accurate. And I just think I'm too demanding of a person. Like I'm always like, come home and stare into my eyes and connect with me and tell me exactly how your day is. And he's like, can I watch TV for a second? I just can't imagine how anybody would have the time and energy to have a second life with me as their significant other. Like I think Maddie either, because Maddie is fucking loud. And I think Ben needs alone time. Like he needs alone time. I don't think I just, you know, I think that's a good tactic here. Be so demanding and overwhelming and loud that your husband literally... That he'll never, he'll never steer away. He cannot even fit something else into his schedule. You know what? I think you guys have it figured out. We got it. Okay, let's talk about Valentine's Day. Let's talk about love. Okay, so it's Valentine's Day when this is going to be coming out. And first of all, let's get your, let's get a vibe check on, on Valentine's day. Are you in or are you out? 
Okay, so you know what? This is, it's a very complex issue. I'm so glad you asked. All right, so here's the thing. I've been with my husband now 12 years and we've been married almost 10. And so when you're together that long, I feel like you do need these days of the year to remind you to be hot and to like put out, you know, because you, the sparkle is, has faded, you know? And so it's like, oh, it's Valentine's day. I should put like an outfit on and a heel and like go have sex with my husband, you know? And it's like, birthdays are good for that. Fourth of July is good for that. Cinco de Mayo is good for that. You know, it's like these like special days. So I totally am all for Valentine's day. For me, it's a trifecta of pressure because we have the holidays, Christmas, and then my birthday is January 28th, and now we're at Valentine's Day. So it's like, how many gifts can you give? And the fact that we're elder, we've got a mortgage, like I know when you buy me that present. You're not elder. <laughs> well, you know, I like, I know when you buy me that present, the bank account it's coming out of, and I'd rather just re retire earlier. Like I don't need the purse, you know, but I want the purse. So I'm like, it's always like hard. Chris Knight is lovely and I have trained him to do a nice card. And that's all I really need on Valentine's day. I need words of affirmation. I don't need a big present. I don't need the Kanye West. Like I filled the whole room with flowers. Like that's a waste of money to me, but I'm in, I'm in on Valentine's day. I'm in on a nice thing. I mean, I have been looking at all the sexual outfits that have been on my Instagram ads. Like it's Valentine's day, get yourself a red Teddy. And I'm like, mm, probably not. I'll just pull something out from the lingerie drawer. He doesn't care. Once I let Chris, I was like, you can pick anything from this lingerie drawer, like the sexiest outfit. You guys, he put me in a hockey sock, <laughs> a t-shirt and a toque. What the fuck is that? I, that was his sexy outfit. So I don't know men at all. I don't know what they want. Okay. This is incredible because I've been with my husband this year. It'll be 10 years, but we've been married for okay, four. So we're the same. We're the same. So we're the yeah. same, except I'm like, who the, f okay. First I have like a hot take before I started dating my husband. I thought Valentine's day, this is so mean. And I really apologize if this is triggering to any of the single ladies. I cannot stand the single ladies who cry on Valentine's day because I just don't like, even when I was younger, I was like, stop. It's a day of love. Stop ruining the day of love. It doesn't have to be romantic love. We can just celebrate love, like with your friends, Galentines, et cetera. So I've always hated Valentine's Day because I feel like it's a very sensitive day where you can't talk to the people who are single and they take it very personally and they're like crying and eating a lot of ice cream. And it's, it's just mm -hmm. weird that a day can do that to someone. And I'm like, how did this day mm -hmm. become so empowering and yet so disempowering to others? But mm -hmm. after being with my husband for 10 years, I have the opposite. I'm like, fuck it. Don't need to do it. I'll go for a walk. Like, that's it. You know what I mean? Like between the birthday you said and, and Hanukkah and his birthday, it's like, it's the gift stuff's enough because I can just go buy what I want and, and have that be it. The card is the move. If you've been in a relationship, the card is the move. The card's the move. I'm going to also say something. I have trained my boyfriend to give me cards every month. Okay. This is, you know what? I think that was his idea. I don't think you could take credit for that. I think your boyfriend's just that fucking amazing. And you're taking credit for his amazing romantic ideas. Okay. Okay. Sure. He gives me a card every month uh, because my love language is words of affirmation. I need to be told all the fucking time that I'm beautiful. I'm like, do you think I'm pretty? He's like, I literally tell you every single moment of every day. Like, I don't know what you want from me. So yes, the card is definitely the move. He is, and then, you know, I'm not a lingerie gal, not a lingerie gal. 
Also, I have noticed that men just want to take the lingerie off. They don't appreciate Mm-hmm. the the put togetherness and the and the effort yeah but when you're in a relationship for a long time the one thing that goes is like the sexual buildup because you're in each other's space every day so that's what the lingerie does even if it's for five seconds right okay it's but, a barrier yes it's a barrier. okay I have a question what do you do if you go to dinner and you're bloated and now you have to have sex sex before dinner oh yeah always I'm a tried and true morning person because my stomach is the flattest. I feel the best of my body first thing pre-coffee. So I'm that. And I like, I like to just, and I mean this with love, like get it out of the way and then I can enjoy my day. (laughs) But I mean that with love. And then, and then the other thing is, is that if you enjoy enough, I mean, for the people who drink, like I love a margarita. So if I'm having enough sake or margarita at dinner, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if I'm pooping my pants on the way home. It's fine. One of the most surprising side effects of postpartum for me was that my hair started shedding right around the crown of my head. Now I have these random baby hairs sticking out near my forehead that I just can't figure out what to do with. Yeah, I keep asking you to tame those down, but they seem to be very stubborn. Yes, I know, Mads. After a few months of me not seeing improved hair growth, I knew I needed to give my hair some extra strength and support. Enter Nutrafol. I just got the Nutrafol's postpartum supplement, and I'm so excited because I'm committed to supporting my hair health now that I'm postpartum. The next six months is going to be me and Nutrafol. I might not be a mother like Scoutala is, but as you sisters know, we are always on a hair journey here on OK Sister Podcast. I am always looking for a way to up my hair health game. I love Nutrafol because they have a whole body approach, multi-targets, underlying root causes like stress, hormone fluctuations, and nutrient gaps for visibly thicker and stronger hair. While many supplements rely solely on ingredient studies, Nutrafol clinically tests final formulations to ensure their efficacy. In a clinical study, 86% of women reported improved hair growth after taking Nutrafol women's hair growth supplements for six months. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with less shedding. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code OKSIS. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L dot com promo code OKSIS. That's Nutrafol.com promo code OKSIS. Sisters, my goal these days is to always look put together when I leave the house. Nothing over the top or super dressed up or anything like that. I just want to look put together and feel good about what I'm wearing in an effortless yet refined way. When I look at my closet every single morning and think about what I can wear that is chic and intentional, I usually end up grabbing one of my Jenny Kane sweaters and I always end up loving the way I look and the way I feel in them. You all know, sisters, that when I envision my highest self, I am wearing Jenny Kane. Their sweaters are the quintessential must-have item. 
I cannot stop wearing my Marina set. I throw it on and immediately feel like I'm in a Nancy Myers movie. Like I could just walk on the beach in Santa Barbara. It is the coastal grandma aesthetic. My favorite Johnny Kane sweater right now is their everyday sweater in taupe. This is the definition of a staple that every woman must have in their wardrobe. Sisters, trust me on this one. I wear it with leggings, oversized jeans and a little kitten heel or a silk maxi skirt. Legit, Mads and I are so obsessed with wearing our Johnny Kane sweaters that we've literally shown up both wearing the same sweater once. The white alpaca cocoon crew neck, which is this deliciously oversized sweater. Yeah, that moment takes the cake. Both of us walking in with our matching Jenny Kane sweaters. We're obsessed. Can't take them off. Wearing them every day. The type of staples that save your outfit. That is what I love about their entire collection. It is truly the art of simplicity. They focus on comfort, quality, and timeless design. So you can curate a wardrobe that never goes out of style. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code OKSIS at checkout. That's 15% off your first order, J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com, promo code OKSIS. O-K-A-Y-S-I-S. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. Yeah, Maddie is a... Let's confirm this. We haven't talked about this in a while. I am not a morning sex person. (gasps) I am a before dinner sex person. So like right before I'm about to put on my dress and makeup... Maddie, you're a 2 p.m.er, right? Didn't you say that was the best or 11? What was it? So it was 11. Now I've shifted to the afternoon because 11 is now like a little too early. Like it's a little Mm. disruptive Yeah, Mm. to the work from home environment. Yeah. So the afternoon is usually the go to like there's a slump. We're we're tired. We need to energize, Mm -hmm. re-energize. Don't want to reach for the other cup of coffee. Have a little afternoon delight. Mm. 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 Yeah, I'm going to pass. I want to take a nap instead. (laughs) You know, that's how I rejuvenate. Definitely not sex at 3 p.m. One time, this is not a Valentine's Day story, but we can just tell relationship love horror stories. I got into this outfit. Adam and I were dating for a year. I got into this lingerie outfit that was like, I can't even explain it. It was this black slinky thing and it just had like Mm. everywhere, right? Okay. And Mm -hmm. so it took me 30 minutes to get into it. Okay, 30 minutes. Mm. And we're in Catalina. And I come out of the bathroom in this insane, it looks like a dominatrix situation. Mm -hmm. And since it had taken me so long to put on, he took a nap and was sleeping when I came out. And it was just not ideal for me. And it was not how I thought it was going to go in my head. Did it take another 30 minutes to get it off? You know what? It was not practical. It looked better in the photo. The It, it destroyed the entire, you know, and then I was just pissed that I uh, spent so long putting it on. So, I mean, you must have really liked him, though. That's like so extra. I love it. Yeah, well, that was nine years ago. <laughs> it worked. It, it worked. worked. It got My him little in. little dominatrix. It got him in. Kelty, do you have any Valentine's Day horror stories? Um. Well... I mean, I think there's a lot of trauma, like you said, around Valentine's Day when you didn't get Valentine's Days in schools and you didn't get like the carnation, like no one wanted to be your whatever. I have a lot of high school and junior high school trauma. Same. I don't know why I can't let that go, but live your life. So wait, was that a thing for you in elementary school, middle school? Because 
when I went to school, it wasn't like this thing where you didn't get picked. Do you know what I'm saying? Like it was just, we brought like chocolate. Is it a Jewish thing? Well, Scout, it's because, you know, it's, it's a Jewish thing. So we don't celebrate, we're not like supposed to celebrate Valentine's Day in the Jewish. And yeah. we went to we went Jewish, Jewish school. school. Wow, I didn't know that. Oh, interesting. Okay, so keep going. That's why it's not traumatic for yeah, me. Yeah, so like at school, you could like pick a 25 cents and send someone a carnation, like a secret admirer. And then you in elementary, you left all your Valentine's Days, Valentine's on people's desk. But like there wasn't a rule where you had to give everyone in the class. So like some people would have like 25 and you'd have two and you'd feel like a loser. And then it's like, there's always a Valentine's dance that like, you, you know, your boyfriend breaks up with you right before. Like there's just so much trauma around it. But for Valentine's Day horror stories, I'll just tell you this love horror story in general is that when I first met Chris, we had a, I had my 30th birthday. And then, like I said, Valentine's Day is like 10 days later. So for my 30th birthday, I did not want to turn 30. I was like, I'm so old. And if I only had known what would happen to my jawline later, like, oh my God, celebrate her. 30 is so hot. Anyway, so on my 30th birthday, he's like, what do you want for your birthday? And I was like, I want nothing. I was like, I don't even want to celebrate fuck turning 30. I want nothing. Don't you dare speak to me. Like I was just like an asshole. But of course in woman speak, I meant I want everything. I want everything. I want a surprise party. I want a cake. I want it. Like that was my, you know, that was me early relationship, not knowing that he's a dumbass. So my 30th birthday comes around and there is nothing. There's not a card. There's no balloons. There's no flowers. There's no party. There's no gift. There's nothing. He literally got me nothing. And it was my own doing. So the Valentine's day after that, he, I mean, I cried. It was awful. Like, you know, it's such a spoiled brat. He went in. So that was awful. So the Valentine's day after that, he was like, oh, I got to fucking make this up. So he went to the downtown LA flower mart on Valentine's day. And he bought a rose, a mini rose for every day that we had been together. And it was like, at that point, like three years, there was just like the whole fuck. I was Kanye. It was the whole fucking living room was full and they died right away and smelled so bad. But like, it was the ultimate, like, I leave me, I will romance you. Don't tell me how to do it. And from then on, I was like, I need a card. And then for my 40th birthday, I was like, He's like, what do you want to do for your 40th? I was like, okay, well, I definitely need balloons and I need a lot of them. Like, so they fill the ceiling. And I was like, I definitely need flowers. I need multiple cards. I need a morning present and afternoon present. I was like, I need a party. Like I was like, gave him the checklist and he delivered. He got me two cakes because he was so scared he was going to get the wrong ice cream cake. Cause I, he got me one ice cream cake come from Carvel that no, the Baskin Robbins that has the fudge, the cake. And he put my picture of me and RuPaul, who's my favorite on it, but it wasn't the fudge crunch ice cream cake. You know, the fudge crunch is that's the Carvel, Yes, but they don't put pictures or write on the top of their cakes. So he got me two cakes. So I'd have a RuPaul cake that it was the cake he knew I didn't want to eat. And then the proper ice cream cake. Oh shit. Okay. What a mensch. Wait, what's your love language? I don't know. I mean, I'm just figuring it out. Is it gifts? Because my love language was like winning awards. Like I didn't have a love language. My love language was like support me while I try to be great. Like that was such a shit. I'm trying to figure it out. I think my love language is words of affirmation and it would be acts of service, but he doesn't do acts of service. What's yours? Mine is acts of service and then positive affirmations, but pretty much mostly it's actions versus anything Mm -hmm. you say. Mads, what's yours? Words of affirmation through and through. I don't want anything else. Yeah. Okay. So that leads me to my next point that 
I feel as if women do this a lot and it's kind of time for us to take ownership of it because I feel as if it puts men at a, you know, in heterosexual relationships, if there's a man and a woman, yeah, it puts men at a disadvantage. I believe that I realize that most of the times I'm upset at my husband or not most of the times, but some of the times that I'm upset at my husband, it's because I wanted him to do something, but I never told him to do that thing. And I wanted him to read my mind and just do that. And so I get pissed that he's not a mind reader And then I'm like, wait a minute, I never actually communicated that. And when I do communicate like, hey, letting you know this is how I feel, this is what I need, whether it's a celebration or non-celebration or whatever is so much Mm -hmm. better. Have you realized that in your relationship as it gone on? And it sounds like you become a lot more vocal with what you want and need. A hundred percent. And you're so smart and you're absolutely right. We got to own this, this passive aggressive thing we do. And it's with everything. It's, it's, I think in female friendships can be complicated if you're expecting people to call you back. Like I have a friend who is a fucking voice texter. I hate a voice text. I was like, I don't, I don't, if I, if I could listen, if I could listen or talk, I would be just calling you. Like, I don't like uh, for me, but she has like a little tiny toddler and she's like, I don't have time to sit and type it out where I'm on the laptop all day working. And for me, I can have a million text chains going all day, but I'm not going to fucking listen to your voice. But like I said to her, I was like, don't leave me a voicemail. Don't leave me. I'm not going to listen to it. And she keeps saying, I'm, like, I'm not listening to it. So like, even with female friendships, you have to like say what you need, you know? But I think the thing is, is that it does take the the romance out of it, right? Like we all grew up on rom-coms and we want to have that big magical surprise of where he does read your mind. He does secretly know that you have been lusting after this Celine bag on Net-A-Porter and it's been in your bag, in your shopping bag, like four times. And he secretly like, you know, that's so romantic, right? But like, it's just not actually possible. So we have to get over, like I had to get over that Chris would know exactly how my 40th birthday would be the best for me. I had to get over that. And it was amazing because I got exactly what I wanted, but I had to ask for that. And it's kind of a bummer, but it's also like, do you want to be crying on your birthday or do you want to be happy on Valentine's You know, whatever it is. Adam surprised me beyond on my 30th birthday. Like I was shaking and crying. Wait, what? Without you even knowing? So it was a gift that he gave me. So we went to Tulum, me and my husband, Maddie and her boyfriend, Ben, for my 30th this last year. And Adam and I spent our honeymoon there. And on our honeymoon, we obviously like didn't have as much money as we do now. And so we bought this ring. It was like $150. We thought it was, we were splurging, right? And it was this gold pinky ring and it had this black stone and he called it my power ring. And I was like, so it was, I was so happy with it on my honeymoon. And then I came home and I realized the quality was shit and it was turning my fingers green. And then the black stone fell off. So I super glued the black stone back on And it was like, and then it was too big because my fingers were bloated in Tulum, obviously. And so it was just kind of a bummer because we thought it was this really special thing that we bought. And then I wake up on my 30th, we're sitting having breakfast and he gives me a box and I open the box and I'm confused because it looks like the ring, my power ring that we got on my honeymoon. He found it in my jewelry drawer, brought it and got it remade with real gold and a real nice black stone to like the exact thing so that it's actually a nice thing. And he said, he said something like you, you are now standing in your power because I had a crazy year last year. And I was asked Maddie, like I was shaking and crying. It was, it was the best. 
I'm going to like vomit just from this story. But yes, it was literally so cute. And I can confirm. Okay, but to all your listeners, this is actually, this is a, this is a, an anomaly. Oh, it's, it's an anomaly of 10 years. You know what I mean? No, he did get me one other good thing, but yeah. Okay. So don't expect this. <laughs> this, this is not real life. This is, this is so romantic though. What a good guy. Yeah. So we have nice Jewish boys where, you know, if you, if you're yeah. looking for this type of love and support, go to the nice Jewish boys. Okay. The nerdy ones, that's where you'll find it. You know, that's where, that's where it is. Okay. We talked about rom-coms a little bit. What are your thoughts on the rom-com, the, the critically acclaimed rom-com Valentine's Day? Oh my God. Classic. Which one's that? A classic. Oh, Scout. Oh, Scout. You need to watch this. It's the one where there's like hundreds of celebrities. Ashton Kutcher. Uh, Taylor Swift is in it, which is so random. Mm, it is. I've never seen it. Okay. All right. You should watch it on Valentine's Day. It's where they have like, there's nine different storylines and they all kind of connect. And so each actor had to be on set for like a day. They each have like four scenes, but it's like Julia Roberts and I don't know. Here's the thing. I love a shitty rom-com. Me too. I love it. I think there aren't enough of them. Thank God J-Lo is still making them. Yes. Like, I'm ca- so excited. Cameron Diaz. Cameron Diaz retired from acting and like, who else are we getting? Everyone wants to win an Oscar, but I have to tell you something. I got all my SAG after screeners and I've been watching all the Oscar movies. I watched King Richard last night. Mm. Like I'm very behind on life, but (laughs) it's like that kind of movie is amazing, but it's like a full emotional, you know, you need to block off three hours. You need to watch and and see everything and be really into it. It takes a lot of effort. A rom-com is like washing the shame of your life off your body. You know, it's like, it's a like quick 80 minutes. You know, it's going to end happy. Like you don't have to worry about, there's no guns. There's no shooting. There's pretty outfits. There's pretty makeup. Like I just, I appreciate it. So I love a shitty rom-com. I'm with Valentine's you. day was one of the worst. One of the worst, one of the worst. But like, I, I love yeah. it. I love it. What's the one Mads that we just watched with the Irish in Ireland that was just so fucking terrible with montage. I'm not going to even say it. No, I'm not okay. going to even. It doesn't even deserve our our breath. With um, Brooke Shields. Oh god. It was it was like that Christmas movie in Ireland. Do, no, I don't I don't even a Christmas on the on the on the island. I, who the fuck knows. Okay, but I want to hear about some of your favorite rom-coms. Let's do like early 2000s like the the royal era okay. of rom-coms. Okay. So something about Mary, obviously. Mm. That's that's Scout, that's your husband's favorite movie. He told no, me. No, Clueless is his favorite movie. I mean, Clu- Clueless, if you go back and watch Clueless, it's wrong in so many ways. Oh, yeah. And it's amazing. Yeah. So Clueless, oh, um, like Save the Last Dance, The Holiday, of which I don't even think is a rom-com. Wedding Planner, of course, mm. Bride Wars, mm. Incredible. How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. I mean, all of it. Like that was the golden era. And and it was because they put them out so often. Like I never, even I'm watching, oh God, Yellowstone. Have you guys watched Yellowstone? No, but I've heard now? amazing things. Okay. So like everyone's hot on Yellowstone. You're like, do I want to have sex with 72 year old Kevin Costner? I might like, it's very strange. It's a like, but it's a, it's essentially a rom-com with guns. And when they started and horses, and when they started the first couple of seasons were just very rom-commy and very enjoyable. And now in season four, it's like a lot of violence. And I'm like, I can't. I just want people to like be in the bathtub and be like loving each other and then hating each other. Oh, pretty woman. Oh my yeah. God. Oh my, oh my God. Actually. So I want to tell you something. So in my best friend's wedding, see, the thing is, is that I 
am in a fight with Julia Roberts. So I can't say that I love those. Wait, wait, wait. Let's you, elaborate. Yeah. So I've written a big essay about it for our next Lady Gang book that's coming out in the fall. It's called Julia Robert Hates Me. And that's the title of the essay. It's a secret that I've been keeping for about 10 years. I had a run in with Julia Roberts and she alleges that I did something that I didn't do. And I haven't seen her since. So I'm, you know. Oh, was inter- what was okay? Well, we I don't want to do a spoiler alert, but no, they, I did an interview with her and things did not go the way that either of us thought they would go. And so Julie Roberts, like, I'm such a big fan, like, I'm, you know, runaway bride. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, I just love her and she's America's sweetheart, but she, she was angry with me and she was angry on, on tape. And we have the tape. Is it Roll the on tape. YouTube? No, I have, it's in the vault at the entertainment vault. tonight or our insider. Yeah. She was pissed at me and she like called me out, but like, she didn't realize it was being streamed to like every CBS station in America. So. Oh, oh. my God. Wait, we I have an, have an interview. I'm going to, I'm going to save it for the book, but let's yeah, the I'm just telling you that when this is the problem with working with celebrities, like I'm not at ET anymore, but when I was for all those years, it's like the best romp, like the best like there's people that are dicks and you can't ever tell the world that they're assholes, but it's like, then they're like winning Oscars or they're like, you know, I'm not saying Julia Roberts is a dick. She was always really lovely. I thought we were best friends, but you know, it's like when someone acts a certain way, it ruins their entire repertoire. You can never watch them again. You're like, nope, Jake Gyllenhaal. Not, nope. See, that's, that's so difficult because I mean, I feel as if I've definitely, you know, you're hungry. And you're an asshole sometimes. Like, I feel as if I'm a really nice, genuine person that people would say, but if I was a celebrity and you're just fucking pushed, right? You're tired, you're on this, you're Mm -hmm. on that, you're on this. Like, I could see how someone would snap and then they snap for 15 seconds and then their whole, Mm. their whole uh, reputation and character is on the line when we vote. No, it's worse than that. Two different things. So Jennifer Lopez is six hours late to everything. I have waited. I've spent more time in my life waiting for Jennifer Lopez to arrive to things than I have with my husband. Like she is Kim Kardashian always on time. The Mm. new Vogue cover came out and she was saying like her rules and it was like, never make people wait. She's like five minutes early, Kim Kardashian. But Jennifer Lopez is always Katy Perry too. They're like at least four to six hours late for everything. And, but when she arrives, she's playing the fucking game with you. She arrives, she's in a fabulous outfit. She's here for you. She's giving you the sound bites. She knows the assignment, okay? She understands the way. She's not an idiot. She's been in this business a very long time. She understands exactly why we're all standing there, why she's there, all understands the assignment. There's people who are super famous that believe that Hollywood should be fair and good and a wonderful experience for everyone and, you know, should have a backbone. And like, I'm here to tell you, like, if you've been in the business for 30 years, like, you know, the way the internet works. And if you don't know the way the internet works, then someone's hiding it from you and you're an idiot because they, they have to understand, you have to understand that like, it's all a big show. It's show business. This is not real life. So I can understand like that people's feelings get hurt when they read a headline that may be like misleading or whatever, but like, like, that's that's the fucking game. You also live in a $22 million house. Like, so that's what, you know? Yeah. I I'm with you. Sorry. I know this is a Valentine's day episode, but I'm just telling you that people are dicks. No, this is good. This is good. Okay. So we're going to, I mean, I'm just going to lean into it. We're going to go off topic uh, because I've always wanted to ask you this. How is it? 
being at the Met Gala. Well, I want to tell you something that I'm going to tell you what it's like, and then, but I want to preface it by saying I worked very hard in my career to be a good guy. And it's not easy when like the Demois of the world and the TMZ of the world, like not saying I don't want TMZ to like follow me when I come out of a restaurant, like absolutely do please follow me and ask me something. But, you know, there's different levels to the way you interact with the celebrity world. And I was always tried to be a good guy. My husband's in the music business. He's like an executive. So I knew a lot of things that I wasn't supposed to know pre every day of my life. And when people would say, hey, don't ask me about the divorce. Hey, don't ask me about my kids. Hey, I always respected that. Always, always, always. And so I do think that over the years, you know, a decade of my life, I got a level of trust where people knew I'm going to come out. I'm going to promote your thing. It's going to be great. And so I had a lot of friends and I would say friends lightly because now that I've left the business, I know none of them, but like I had a lot of friends in the business. So when I do the Met Gala, like Mary Kate Olsen would like wink at me because we hosted a ballet gala together. Like, you know, like we, but she's not doing a fucking interview and we know that, but like, I'm going to have Thanksgiving dinner with you next year, you know? Like, so there's like a cool vibe where like Darren Chris is walking up the stairs and I say, Darren, it's me. And I'm, you're stuck behind this fucking gate and then a bush and then a thing. And you're like, you're dressed, you're all dressed up in a gown, but like to be behind a bush and you're like trying to yell at people. There's no publicist on the red carpet. So you're like yelling at people. You're so desperado. It's such a pathetic position to be in, but like Darren would see me and he'd be like, Oh, I'll do Kelty. And, and people would do that all the time. Jennifer or like Nicki Minaj, like they'd be like, I'll just do Kelty. I'll just do Kelty. It's great that you're on ET, the number one show, but like then the other reporters would get pissed. And, but yeah, it's, um, Every single red carpet of that caliber is like kind of a buzzkill. The only good thing about it is the fashion. You go, you get dressed up, you feel some, that's all I miss. I just miss the dresses. I don't miss the work at all. You love the dress, you're in the look, it's amazing, you're there. And then you're talking to these people, but it's like this desperado thing. Like you're begging for three questions. You're begging for two minutes with this person. I'm like, I'm promoting your fucking movie. You should give me all the time. Anyway. Met Gala was always fun because it's like such a big deal. And then you're there and you get to see the fashion first row, but you always were waiting like six hours for someone. Like I, I remember waiting, like, I think the year Beyonce wore the black Givenchy, she wore like a black netting veil. I waited four hours for her. She was like the last person on the carpet. And, and they were like, Beyonce's coming. And we're like, great. So we're just standing there. There was a year that it rained so hard that like my, my dress was wet up to my, above my knees. And you're just sitting there waiting for Rihanna to fucking show up. And you're like, you know, Rihanna's not going to interview with you, but you can't not be there when she gets there, you know? And I really miss Andre Leon Talley. Like yeah. that was like a highlight for me is like seeing him and getting to know him and watching him interview people. And like he would, before it was even announced what the person was wearing and it's custom, right? So it's like, it's not like you saw this on the runway. He'd be like, oh wow, she looks amazing in that Valentino. And I'm like, how the fuck do you know it's Valentino? But just like the, the stitching that, you know, is amazing. Ugh. Rest in peace, Andre. Seriously. There's something so magical about the Met Gala that I've always been so incredibly drawn towards. I mean, Oscar season's amazing for me just because of the fashion, not necessarily the movies. And the Met Gala has always been my number one. I wait, I see what everyone's wearing, etc. The Olsen twins. I don't really get starstruck very often, but if I ever, 
ever saw Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen. I, I don't know what I would do because I would want to play it so fucking cool and I probably wouldn't be able to. This year felt kind of like it was moving away from this it's over. High fashion. Yeah, it is. This high fashion, highbrow. People don't want to see highbrow things anymore, etc. And it went towards a lot more of the, uh, yeah, like it was, it was a bummer. <laughs> I've seen it because I did, I think six or seven years in a row. Right. Wow. And my first Met Gala was the James Charles Met Gala, which is everyone was in these beautiful Zach posing yeah. gowns and like it was the gloves and it was, it was like a ball, you know, it was so glamorous, like Giselle, Tom Brady, like, you know, it was crazy, crazy glamorous. And then I think what happened was the last two years, I would say there was a punk rock, it was punk rock. And then it was camp. camp. And then it was whatever it was last year. No, it was America. punk rock. Hev- it was punk rock, heavenly bodies, camp, and then whatever America. So punk rock got really costumey. Like everyone came dressed like they were like going to a costume party. And then again with heavenly bodies, we got a lot of glamour, but there was a lot of costume. You remember Katy Perry had the big wings. Everyone's dressed like an angel. Like it was, it was like less fashion and more costume and then camp happened and i think camp turned into like a super costume party which it was and then i don't know that people can ever go back like now it's not enough to just wear a beautiful fashion gown and a beautiful look like you're boring if you just show up without like costume yeah jazz hands so i think it's ruined and then i think they're just not getting the level of a person. And I remember the year and I love Liza, but like, I remember the year they fired Andre from doing red carpet commentary and had, I think Liza Kashi. And then this year they had Kiki, which she was amazing, but it's like, I felt like once they flipped and like, were servicing the clicks, the clicking world, the Gen like Z's. The, the, yeah. the Gen Z's and like the people who click because the brands, they want views. Right. Mm-hmm. So it was less about them being editorial and being like, this is who we think is the greatest. They just started inviting the people with the most followers and it's a bummer. Yeah. It's a bummer. Cause I don't think it's like, I mean, I know, I know Mary Kate a little bit. She's really close with one of my closest friends. So we are past cross often. And like, I just, I mean, I, I don't even really know her well enough to speak on this, but I just know that the work that goes into what they wear, like they always, of course they look in a certain way, they have their style, but like those pieces that they're wearing, I've been to one of the warehouses is like, this was a vintage piece from this collection. Like every single piece has meaning and is part of fashion history. And, you know, was this one of a kind, you know, collector's item. So they really care about fashion. I think that's kind of started to go away. Sorry, I'm talking so much. I hate that when people come on my podcast and talk, I'm like, oh, shut up. No, no, this is amazing. And I, and I feel really terrible saying this. I feel really bad, but the symbol in my head that signified for me that the Met Gala has changed was Camila Cabello wearing that purple Michael Kors dress. It wasn't for you? You didn't like it? It just, it looked like American apparel. I was just like, oh, we're just showing up and... It's a, it's a performance. It's a spectacle. It's, yeah. No, no, no. It's more VMA now yes. than it was. Yes. Like, hi, 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 hi. It looked like she was going to the VMAs. Right. And... And it's hard because like, and like, she's got a great stylist. Her and JLo have the same stylist. So it's like, it should be incredible. And she's so 
she's so beautiful. Yeah. I mean, I love the use of color. I love the accessory of Shawn Mendes. <laughs> it wasn't my favorite look that she's ever worn, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's really hard. And now it's like, so costumey. like Michael Kors makes beautiful dresses. Yeah. I remember a few years ago, someone came in like that. Oh, it was like gold. It was just very simple, like just gold dripping in gold. And he makes beautiful gowns. So it's like, what is going on? You know? And, and honestly, I've been fashion roadkill many years at the Met as well. Like you get, you get so excited about going to the Met. I wore Christian Siriano one year and he was like, just come to where, come to this place and, and you can pick whatever you want. Mm-hmm. And of course you're like, it's the Met. I got to wear the craziest thing. So I got a cape and like a neck thing and a fucking dress is so tight and my hair, black eyeliner. Like you just get, you're like, ah, like you have to really pare down and you can't because you're like, it's the Met gal. I need to be extra, but I don't know. I think the loss of Andre is going to be very telling for what Vogue does. Okay, quick question. Who is your favorite celebrity couple at the moment? I love Jen and Ben. I love them. Okay. I love them together. Going back to the rom-com era, we're getting we're getting nostalgia. I know. The love for every person that's like when that asshole and you break up, never talk to him again. Like it's like, oh fuck, but what if I'm what if I'm JLo? What if, what if we're meant to be together? I was a big A-Rod J-Lo fan because I thought he was her, her equal business-wise. I was like, this is a businessman. He's not, you know, I wasn't a big Casper Spart. I was like, this is not your equal. This is not your twin flame, if you will. So I, I, but I like Ben and, and they live a very similar life. Like I always like it when, and this is like probably going too far, but I like when someone who's living a sober life ends up with someone else who's living a similar life. Jennifer Lopez is not sober, but she doesn't drink. She's very into health. She goes to bed at 8 a.m. She like, you know, she's she's 8 p.m. Sorry. Yeah, 8 p.m. So she's like very into that. And I think it's good for him. And I think they're good for each other. And I also love Machine Gun Kelly. Like I'm here for it. I can't, why are you so sexual? I interviewed him years ago. He's so tall. And like, I just, I'm so into this ridiculous love. Like I'm going to fucking put my nails together. Yeah, I'm going like, to bleed make, on each make other. Make your ring have thorns. That's what, that's what I mean by playing the game. That is what they do. Like, do they ever sit and have pasta sauce on their sweatpants and like sleep in their sweatpants and then go to work in them the same day? Like I am right now. Like, look at, look at this ugly ass sweatpant I'm wearing. Like it's hideous. Look at mine. It was literally my mom. Yeah. Thank you. I feel actually, honestly, I feel less alone. Yeah. Thank you for yeah. that. But they're playing the game. They're entertaining us. Like, this is what I want out of Hollywood. Like they know when they come to a red carpet in a matching fucking outfit, talking about blowjobs, like that's what we want. Fucking want. It's so true. Who's your celebrity crush? Well, I have Matt Nathanson is a singer songwriter and he's my favorite and he's not super celebrity, but he's my number one. And he came on the podcast and I read a journal entry that I wrote about him in 2012 to him about he was at the same airport as me and I saw it on Twitter at the time and I was like oh my god I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna meet Matt Nathanson today I'm gonna wear my lucky earring we're both traveling out of LAX anyway so he's like my fave fave and then I'm not really I know I should have a better answer that no that's that I don't I'm I'm very similar like Matt has very distinct okay well wait I think Kelty, wait Kelty okay this might be the closest that we can get Kelty Okay, I'll tell you if they're worthy. Do you have any connections to Bill Hader? His publicist hates me. <laughs> we have asked him to come on the pod. We don't have men on the pod. He he will be, I am, it's like body, life, and soul. Like I'm obsessed with him and I don't know how to get to him. She has a hall pass. She has a hall pass for him. It would, but it, it wouldn't like, 
it would be so off brand for him to do this. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make it makes it's a waste of his time. But we need to make it work. Well, I played that. I played the make a fan happy on her birthday card. Like I email his publicist every six months, and he keeps telling me no. And I'm like, okay, when's a good time to follow up with you? And then I put it in my calendar. Kelty, how do we do it? Okay, so I want to tell you about a little bit about Bill Hader. Do you remember that movie that he did with Amy Schumer? Of course, Trainwreck, yes. Yeah, incredible. incredible. So hot in that movie. So hot. Bill Hader is a dreamboat. He's so fucking nice. He's hot in real life, you guys. And he's nerdy hot. He's husband hot. Yeah. He's approachable. I'm, like, oh, I'm spitzing. The sloth foot keeps getting in my fucking shot. Sorry, <laughs> this is a disaster. <laughs> Oh my God, sloth. <laughs> okay. Oh my God, I'm like, my heart is beating. Okay, sorry. And I don't mean to keep you waiting. No. I'm trying to get this, this fucking sloth foot out of my shot here. Okay, <laughs> good. Bill Hader's a dream. He's so nice. And I remember he was with his wife or something and then they divorced. And then he had this award season where he won all the awards. For Barry. For Barry. And he was single at the time of those awards or allegedly single. And then I remember feeling like very flirty with him when I shouldn't have been. And then I remember feeling disappointed when it came out that he was dating Rachel Bilson, Rachel Bilson, when they were in us weekly together, I was like, Oh my God, I, I guess I can't have Bill Hader, but like I was married for like six years at this point. <laughs> like I obviously wasn't going to have Bill Hader, but he's a dream and very hot and very worthy of your crush. And I think it's good to have someone like that, that you keep asking on the podcast. We've asked John Mayer 22 times to come on lady gang. He won't come on. And I've asked, no. And I've asked Paul Abdul to be my friend for like years. Last year on my birthday, the girls got me a Paul Abdul cameo. She didn't fulfill it. They refunded the money, but we've, at, we've been as close to like, we had Josh, Josh flag is Paula's realtor and also Becca's realtor in LA. So we had Josh flag on the podcast with the promise that he would bring Paula on and he didn't bring her on. Mm. And then her publicist knows like, I love Paul Abdul. So anyway, everyone's got to have a dream. Persistence. We will keep trying. Keep going. So I'm going to email him again. I'm going to email him right after this because I feel like he hasn't heard from me in a while and he should know my name in his inbox. You got it. But honestly, I think Hollywood's just, 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 just starting to wake up to the power of podcasts. Yeah. Like when you, when we have a guest on the podcast, like Chelsea Handler was just on oh. and, and she was like, oh, my ticket sold to the roof after I was on Lady Gang. Like it's, mm. it's very powerful form of, of promo. And I feel like more people need to get the fuck with it. Uh, amen. Should we ask our last line? Yes, we should. Okay. Kelty, every single woman who comes on OKSIS podcast at the end, we ask this question. If you could brag about one thing and don't be humble, what would you brag about? Oh my God. That's such a good question. Are you guys going to be so mad when I steal that? <laughs> steal it. We love, we love asking women this. Okay. Let me brag. I love my resilience. Mm. I, my dad was a mechanic. My mom was a school teacher. I'm from a small shitty town in Alberta. And I have heard no every day of my life since I was 18 and started in show business. And a lot of people along the way I've seen succumb to the rejection. And I have this, and some people would call it psychotic, but like, I just believe in myself and I believe that I can make whatever impossible shit I want to happen, happen. And it's a lot of resilience. And I just feel like 
I've had a two years, a very difficult two years of my life where I left ET. I didn't know what the fuck I was going to do with my life. I had like a big contract thing with them and it was about money, of course. And I just felt like I'm worthless. I'm not worth anything. And to turn around and like create my own show and sell my own show and have Lady Gang have the best year that we've ever had to write another book. Like that's all hard work and gumption. And it's, I like that I'm proof to myself and others that with hard work and focus, like you can fucking do it. Like you don't have to have a silver spoon or an in or a person in your life that like can get a Hollywood connection. I know, I knew fucking no one. I still know no one, you know? And I love that. So that's my favorite thing. I'm really, really proud of that. Like able to rise above rejection. Oh, so good. That was, that was a great answer. That was was top top three. Yeah. Yeah. Top three. That was really good. That was, that was really good. Oh, so you don't worry about the rejection of Bill Hader. You girls keep going. If I ever see him again, I'm going to be like, Bill, do you want to make out? You should go on. Okay. Sis. Like uh, in one sentence without my husband knowing, but yeah, no, don't, don't give up the dreams. Don't, don't give, give up, up the, the dreams. dreams. It'll happen no. for us. It'll happen for us. Okay. Kelty, can you let everybody know where to find you and lady gang, all of the stuff? Yes. If you love this podcast, you're going to love lady gang. We have new episodes every Tuesday, Thursday at the lady gang, wherever you find your podcasts. And I'm just at Kelty on Instagram. And I'm also Kelty Knight on TikTok. And I've started doing bad fat, by the way, speaking of Gala, I've started going through 10 years of all my red carpet looks and reviewing them oh, for how yeah. terrible they are hell on yeah. TikTok. And I have to say, it's my best content. Like I did my Met Gala looks and was like explaining what was happening during this time and why I'm wearing a flat shoe. Like, you know, it's amazing. Oh my gosh. I was like my arm was broken here. I was like, I look amazing. Sometimes I look amazing. There's been three or four times, but the rest of them is just trash. So it's very fun. Oh, I'm checking that out. That's incredible. Okay. Premium. Amazing. And you can find us sisters at OKSIS podcast and we love you. We love you.